Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's great to be back. And I'm John. Uh, after a uh, inadvertent one-week hiatus, we're back. We, I, you know, sometimes it's nice to kind of keep people in mystery, wondering what we would have picked for the uh, Denver series that we just got done watching yesterday, the two-game series against uh, one of our NCHC nemeses, and uh, always a tough draw for UNO. UNO has struggled the past several years, uh, year in, year out, with uh, Denver University, uh, both home and on the road. So this was a big series coming in. Uh, we were coming off of a sweep against St. Cloud State. That was a huge, huge uh, two-game uh, two series for UNO that, uh, that was the start of a six-game homestand in the season. Um, so what did you think going into, since we didn't get to do our predictions, what did you think going into Friday night? Were you confident going into this series or not? Because I, I was feeling good after the St. Cloud State series. Uh, yeah, I mean... That's the hard part is I thought we played so well against St. Cloud that it's really hard to predict what the guys are going to do after that, right? Like, are they going to come out saying, you know, we can do this clearly, we can skate with the best teams in the conference, or are they going to come out thinking, you know, we had two good games and it's just going to keep rolling. And But Friday, we, I mean, we dominated them, like just start to finish up and down. It was it was a good showing by the guys on Friday night. That was how they played those games against St. Cloud State. You know, there's the energy level seemed to be good. Um, the puck handling was good. Blocking shots, defensive play, great. Uh, certainly a night and day difference from the uh, Miami series a couple weekends before. And uh, so I don't know if uh, Coach Gabinet ordered an extra dose of kale for the players uh, coming into the coming into these series or not. I will say, though, that uh, under Mike Gavinet, we've been a really good team at home. And uh, this season, uh, we're 13-5-0 currently, 7-9 on the road. So this team definitely favors Baxter Arena. And that's kind of nice to to be developing a bit of a, a home ice advantage, especially uh, in conference play. And yeah, so, Friday's game, especially the first period, borderlines on some of the best hockey I've seen them play this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were, like you mentioned, you know, they were on the puck. We were pressuring them. And that's, I think, a big thing with Denver, uh, particularly when Denver goes on the road. Uh, they like to control the tempo and control the play. And that's where they find success. Uh, and the best way you can do that is to go out there and just fly at them uh, and force them to kind of adapt a little bit. Uh, even, you know, going into Saturday's game, I thought in the beginning, our passing wasn't as well, uh, wasn't, you know, our, our systems weren't as, as well executed as they were on Friday. Uh, but generally speaking, like we carried over Friday into Saturday really, really well, uh, which is something this team struggled to do this year is to, you know, have some success, some success and find that you can kind of carry that in and not just have that be one period or one game or one shift or something. Um, so it was, it was nice to see that. And, you know, really the downfall on Saturday comes down to some bad decisions and some bad calls. And, and you know, you can't in the last six minutes, you know, with a lead, you can't take a five minute penalty. Like you just can't do it. It's, 
can't put your, yourself in a position where the ref can make that call and did and it killed us. And I, I know some fans have alluded to this. It did, did seem like the latter half of the third period, they started calling more penalties. Obviously, that penalty against Jimmy Glenn was a major. So it's tough when, you know, the last six and a half minutes of the game, you're on uh, the penalty kill, killing off a five-minute major. That ultimately was our fate on Saturday night. We did not win. So the streak did not continue. As you know, Jason, via text and talking to me, I thought we would get the win on on Saturday night, but I'll tell you what, winning three out of four against these two teams is awfully good. You know, they're in a, they're in a tough position, you know, with those losses, as you mentioned to Miami, um, splitting everything with Cairo college this year. Like uh, a lot of people have asked me about standings and, and expectations for the end of the season. And they say, you, you got to be aware that the way that college hockey works, we're, uh, there is a, a an equation that is determining your fate coming the end of the season. Uh, losing to a team that's ranked under you will always hurt you more than beating a team that's ranked higher than you. Uh, and that's something that UNO has struggled with in, in, in many, many years that I've watched this team. It seems to be something that they've struggled with is, and, and we've mentioned this when we talked to it, if you go back to the podcast when we talked about the Miami CC series is for some reason, we should have no problem with these teams, and yet we struggle to to finish opportunities. And uh, we don't know if it's mindset or what. But if this team wants to take a step to the next level, if they want to be a North Dakota or Denver, that's a you know continual conversation for Frozen Fours and national championships and things. Like that's the next step for them. Is not just win games, but show that you can beat the teams that are ranked below you. Yeah, I mean, we played eight total games against uh, Colorado College and Miami that are the two teams below us in the conference standings and aren't particularly strong teams. And we only won three of eight games against those two teams. So should we pick players for the weekend? I think it's only fair if you take the first stat out of this time. Well, I'm going to pick freshman time Euler, who I have picked before, who had two goals on the weekend. Uh, he's been a great surprise uh, on the team this season. Certainly a talented prospect coming in. Uh, he played well in midgets and in juniors. And uh, I've been impressed with him this entire season. And, and look, he got an opportunity because some other guys were injured and he has really looked good this season. And he's taken advantage of the opportunity, as we've mentioned before. So, uh, Two-goal weekend, uh, great performer on uh, Friday night. I think one of the best players on Friday night. And that's saying a lot, considering some of the veteran players we have, like Tyler Weiss and Taylor Ward. So good job for Ty Mueller. And uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he does in the next couple of weekends. Yeah, I think that was a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with one of his line mates this weekend. Uh, I'm going to pick Cameron Burke. Uh I mean, I don't know, like, he was on the score sheet a couple of times. He was, I, I think, two assists on the weekend, both on Friday. Uh, but even on Saturday, he was he was getting to the scoring areas. He had a couple opportunities. I really liked his play. He was aggressive on the puck, things like that. Uh, and it's just nice to see him blossom. And I think with you picking Mueller, I, you know, I look at this team and say – you know, we're going to lose Weiss, we're going to lose Ward, we're going to lose Primo, you know, we're going to lose 
um, Taconic, Conley, you know, like this is, it's going to be a rough off season, I think, uh, for the Mavs and to have success next season and beyond is going to take some guys to step up and fill those roles. And I really see these two Mueller and Berg as kind of, uh, the guys that really need to make a jump next year and take this team to the next level. Um, they're the ones I think we're going to have to lean on to, you know, produce more offensively for us, which is, is something we've struggled with and we talked about was going to be a struggle for this team going in. Uh, so hopefully, you know, finishing the season strong is, is that momentum that they need to work hard in the off season and find, uh, find their game come next fall. Yep. Yep. Certainly it's really important that those young guys lay the foundation and these two players are doing just that. So, uh, so yeah, it'll definitely be a rebuilding year next year, but it's nice to see these guys having success now because that'll pay dividends uh, down the road. So, so great picks. We picked uh, two freshmen. So, uh, so good deal. So turning to our shootout segment and the first shootout topic. So I got to ask you, Jason, and there are no right or wrong answers on this. So feel free to answer any way you'd like. See? There is a, there is a new in-game tradition that has sprouted up the past two Saturday nights. And that is John Denver. The song is Take Me Home, Country Roads. And a lot of people sing it at a lot of different arenas. Certainly Denver, who we played this weekend, they, uh, they have the tradition of doing that. UNO decided to start cranking out John Denver. And the fans spontaneously a week ago at the St. Cloud series decided to, it was a group of students decided to take out their phones, turn on the flashlights while they were uh, crooning to John Denver. And now everybody in the arena has got the flashlights on. Some people like this. A lot of people I know hate this. Not trying to influence you one way or another, Jason. I see that look on your face. But what do you think of John Denver and the phone flashlights and all of that stuff? Is this a good new tradition that's developing? Do you believe it was one of my ideas when we were going through those segments of promotion things? I'm like, because I love it. Like I go to the 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 Avs games play uh, Simple Plan and and I don't know. You know, North Dakota and, and Chicago have their kind of song, and it's crazy because you like you hear it and you think of those teams, right? if you've been to those games, like you just know, I think of like uh, um, Sweet Caroline in Boston, right? Like you just, you hear that, you think of Boston teams because the Bruins do it, the Boston University, Boston College, both play it. Um, I don't think every week, but on a regular basis on them. And then as far as I know, they do it every time that at a Red Sox games, I've never been, but that's what I hear. and I just like, I love the idea that song. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like it's country. So it doesn't exactly like, it's not a pump up song. I'm not like, yeah, let's go. It's kind of like nostalgia, I guess. I don't know. I, and it's like, we're going to West Virginia. I don't know why we're in Nebraska. So count me as one of those like good idea, poor execution. Let's call that. Okay, and Jason's a little bit skeptical. Like 
uh, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. It's one of those songs, obviously, that everybody kind of kind of knows, has gotten to know over the years. I like the tradition, too. I love it when people turn on the flashlights on their phone because I think that's kind of a cool it creates kind of a cool vibe there in the third period. I think it's neat to do that at one of the breaks uh, in the third. The question that some people might have is, is this the right song? Now, maybe it is. Like I said, everybody knows the song. I was thinking, you know, as you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, a good song would be, uh, you know, Omaha by the Counting Crows, which they play during like the College World Series, a lot of the promos. That would be kind of a neat song because obviously we are Omaha and uh, and uh, that might be a little bit more fitting because, I mean, who else is going to play that song at their hockey games? No other team will. And that could totally be our thing. And it's it's a similar kind of a vibe to the song. Now, People might not know the lyrics as well, but I think people would catch on fairly quickly. And the chorus is easy to pick up and most people know it. So that song might over a little bit better with fans. Overall, I like the idea. I don't want them, I, I, you know, I, as we've talked about before, and you brought that up a couple podcasts ago about what, what the Colorado Avalanche did at a game where everybody's singing the song. So I want them to try these ideas. I don't want them to be scared off from doing that. But, uh, but your reaction was similar. And I think part of it's just the song. So yeah, so. I, I, I'm with you there. Like, I, I agree. I like the idea. I, I think that's obvious, but it's just not the like, it's just not the song. It just doesn't make sense. And, but I really love going to the Avs games and hearing them singing in. I know people who were involved in that decision to start that Blink-182 thing, and they had the same concern. They're like, are people going to know what this is? And they just said, look, let's try it a, a couple times at a few games or something. You know, and I'm willing to bet that there's a lot of people in the stands that probably didn't, didn't know it. But it doesn't take long for these things to catch on. So I think that I think they just need to find a different song. Let's try something different. Right idea. It's just try, try to tweak it, try a different song. And okay. I like your idea. I think that's a good one. I'm going to have to, we'll pull that up at that Omaha, maybe. That, that may be the, put the chorus in the, in the uh, chat below and we'll, uh, we'll try to get that started. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Let us know in the comments down below what you think about singing uh, Take Me Home Country Roads at the games. Uh, I like and the if idea. if you have another idea for a different song that you think kind of connects to Omaha, like I'd love to, I personally would love to hear what you think uh, would be a better song than Country Roads. So drop that in the chat so I can read that. Absolutely. Be sure to let us know. All right. Turning to our next shootout segment because Jason and I uh, like to talk about uh, ideas to get fans more engaged with the team. And we like uh, fan benefits, uh, which UNO has been trying out. They had uh, $1 hot dogs uh, and popcorn this weekend at Baxter Arena, which was very nice. I know a lot of fans like you guys uh, partook in that or partake or however you say that. <laughs> so, Western Michigan, I noticed on Twitter Saturday night that they tweeted out that they were going to be showing Western Michigan's hockey game at North Dakota on the replay board uh, at Lawson Ice Arena, and then uh, you could stay after and skate. They had skate rental available. I thought that was a really neat idea. I've always thought it would be really cool for a game, especially one of the games that's on CBS Sports Network, 
Uh, and I, I mainly am going for that because I don't have a subscription that includes CBS Sports Network. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm always uh, out of luck on, on those games as far as uh, ease of getting them. I would love to see, and I think it'd be easier than doing a webcast at Baxter Arena. I would love to see them do uh, one of UNO's road games during the season, have it on the Jumbotron, invite fans to come, let fans skate on the ice after the game. I know that might cost a little bit of money, but I, I do think they could probably find a sponsor for that. And I think it'd be a really neat deal to get fans involved, having them coming to Baxter on a weekend uh weekend when there was a road game a lot of i think other teams have an easier time with that because their arenas are a bit single sport you know they don't have a lot of things that they have to work around between basketball volleyball hockey and then concerts and community events and graduations and i there's a lot like if you look at what goes on at Baxter? I mean, I it doesn't surprise me that they haven't done something like that just from a sheer. I mean, unless we plan it at the beginning of the season that this is the week we're going to do it. I don't know how you just squeeze it in on a whim because they've got those things so booked out. Right. It's definitely not something that you could squeeze in on a whim. And I I I think that they have tried doing that with things like skate with the Maz before and it's it goes terribly because nobody knows about it the assumption always is well that you know we put it out on Twitter we put it on Facebook but a lot of people don't see those things or they miss those things so it's something that you would have to schedule back in like August or September and and I'm sure that there is a night at some point that could probably work out I'm sure that costs are probably a concern because they'd probably be like well we got to bring in staffing and we got to bring in a zamboni driver if we have the skate thing but these are the things when uno was playing downtown at both the civic auditorium and the century link center we were told time and again that they couldn't do these things because they didn't control the venue and and how much it was going to cost and how much mecca would charge them and I would like to see them try something like this at some point, even if it's one of those things like when UNO makes the NCAA tournament, because usually by then basketball season is over. So if they could have a situation where like a game or, or even if they you know, are fortunate enough at some point to get back to the frozen form, having those games on at the arena, assuming it didn't conflict with something else, if they could do that, it would be kind of a neat deal. So it's something I'd like to see them try. And I think there's an opportunity for them to to make it special. Like I remember when they went to the Frozen Four, we you guys were there. We watched the games, a couple of the games at the theater at Observant Cinema there, uh, and that was a really cool thing where you know fans of the team got together. And if I remember right, didn't we have to buy tickets to that? Do you remember? I can't I can't remember because I was I in Boston, but but I I kind of I think you I think you had to reserve your spot if I recall correctly. Right? Yeah, something like that. But like, I think that's an opportunity for him to say like, we're going to put the game up on the big screen, right? Season ticket holders, you get in free. Anyone else can buy a ticket for minimal amounts, you know, charge them two bucks per person or something like that, right? But sell concessions. Like if you do that, if I'm going to sit at home and watch the game anyways, it's kind of more fun to come sit and watch the game in the arena with, you know, a bunch of my friends and stuff and you know 
charge them charge them for concessions i can't imagine with what they sell at a normal game that you wouldn't make enough in concessions to at least cover your costs for doing something like that um and you could then you get the benefit of as we've talked about you know special things for season ticket holders this is just one of those things it's not a big savings but it is it does make me feel like i'm getting some value out of my season tickets and um, i think that that can go a long way just in in that outreach and connection to fans absolutely i completely agree so hopefully you know they seems like they've taken us up on some of our other suggestions jason so maybe next season we'll see something like that i think it'd be yeah. pretty cool all right, so turning to our third shootout segment, this is one that Jason and I love to talk about, which are UNO's chances at the postseason, what the conference race is looking like right now, where UNO stands. And I'll just start it off by saying UNO currently sits in sixth place in the NCHC standings. If the season ended right now, we would be going on the road to Western Michigan uh, to play the Broncos in a best of three series. Uh, but the series not over yet. There's hockey to be played this upcoming weekend. And uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of scenarios that can potentially happen. So what do you see happening? Do you think it's going to stay pretty much the same as it is now? And UNO is going to head to Western? I certainly don't know what's going to happen. I know the scenario I want to have happen, Jason. I want to say if I was a betting man, but I'm a betting man, so that doesn't work very well. Um, I'd put money on Omaha being where they are and going to Western Michigan. Uh, Denver, North Dakota, it'll be one of the two of them winning the regular season. Like, we know that. We can't leapfrog both Duluth and St. Cloud because they play each other. So there's no possible way for us to get home ice advantage. So we know now that we're going on the road. Okay, do you, do you want to hear the scenario that I would like to have? I would love to hear what you want. Okay. That's reasonable. Don't tell me you want to play Cairo College in the first round. Because they no, no, no. So here we, here we are. Looking at the standings, I, I would love to see a scenario, number one, where we sweep North Dakota. Because I want to see that regardless of any of this other <laughs> stuff. I want to see a scenario where Minnesota Duluth sweeps St. Cloud State. I'm assuming Western Michigan is going to, I mean, I'm assuming that they're, they're probably going to sweep Miami. Although you never know, Miami has uh, put up a good fight in a lot of games recently, including the series against us. And because we sweep North Dakota, I'm really hoping Denver sweeps Colorado College. My finishing order would be Denver number one, North Dakota number two, Western Michigan, number three, Minnesota Duluth, number four, Omaha, number five, St. Cloud State, number six, Colorado College, number seven, and Miami, number eight. Now, you're probably saying, why do I want to play Minnesota Duluth instead of Western Michigan? Because some people might think that Western's the more favorable matchup. The reason is because as a team, and this is just me kind of being ornery, I would love to have a scenario where the teams at the frozen face-off at the X in St. Paul were North Dakota, Denver, Western Michigan, and Omaha. I would absolutely love it if no Minnesota teams made that event because when we went in 2019, uh, St. Cloud State and Minnesota uh, Duluth were the two best teams in the conference. And there were a lot of Duluth 
and St. Cloud fans there, but I would love a scenario where we're able to take on Denver in that first game in St. Paul in front of absolutely nobody, you know, a few, you know, North Dakota fans who aren't out drinking beer and the, you know, hundred or so UNO fans that make the trip up there. That's what I want. So I've obviously given this a lot of thought. Jason's like, John has put way more thought into this uh, than I thought he would, but uh, like, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're, we're into our picks a little bit. So obviously you're picking Omaha to sweep North Dakota. Yes, spoiler alert, that will be my pick later. So you've, uh, you've... <laughs> now, now your daughter during the game, you know, informed Bridget and I, there was no way we were beating North Dakota next week and that North Dakota was going to sweep us. So, so we'll have to see if, uh, if Jason follows the family line here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think we should just I, go with it. I'm going to say that we split. You're going to say we split, it'll, which I think is. Yeah, a, it'll be weird going back and talking about why. But people have been asking what are UNO's chances beyond the conference tournament and getting the auto bid. Now, you and I have been following this. Jason, would you like to tell people what our chances are of making the NCAA tournament as an at-large? Near zero. (laughs) Very, very near zero. Unfortunately, as, as we've said many, many times before, and a lot of people have asked me, and I keep pointing this out, mathematics are involved here and (laughs) you you take a bigger knock for losing to teams below you than you get for beating teams above you and so unfortunately outside of winning the conference even like even if we get to the title game and lose we still need help from other teams to get in yeah it's it's so College Hockey News, in their uh, in their pairwise coverage, they do a pairwise probability matrix. And um, Sunday morning, it's about 3 a.m., they ran 20,000 scenarios. That's what they do. So they run 20,000 scenarios to see who gets in. And our chances right now of getting in are 3%. Now, 2% of that 3% is getting an auto bid in the conference by winning the conference tournament right the other the other uh 0.9 jason the other 0.9 percent is getting an at-large bid so twenty thousand, and i can't do the math off the top of my head what's that like uh, a little was that like a little less than uh slightly Look less up. slightly less than 200 maybe is that yeah it, so in the 20,000 scenarios, somewhat less than 200, if I'm doing my math right, math is not my, uh, my strong suit off the top of my head. So, so yeah, so there's a chance, there's a chance, but like all of these games are going to have to go a certain way. And people are like, well, do you have any idea what they need to do? And I'm like, no, I don't have the foggiest idea. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to, I mean, all the games that are left both regular season and in the conference tournaments uh, that are going to be going on the next few weekends, you have to be able to predict kind of exactly what's going to happen in those games. So, so like we said, and like Jason had alluded to, you know, we really need to find a way to be stronger on the road during this season and potentially have stronger non-conference teams. I know that sometimes scheduling non-conference teams is a, 
is an art as much as it is a science. So I don't want to, you know, give anybody a bad time who may have come up with the schedule this year because I don't know how long those games were scheduled out. But but uh, but those are the things that have been difficult for UNO. So it's weird because you know, thirteen and five at home, seven and nine on the road. We are twenty fourteen and zero overall. If you had told me a year ago, without knowing any of the other circumstances of the season that we had 20 wins with two games left to go in the regular season, I would have been assuming that we were a team that was in the top 10 in the pairwise. So, you know, number of wins just doesn't always, you know, relate to where you're going to be in. So turning to that North Dakota series, I already picked a sweep. I'm being really optimistic and I'm basing that strictly on how the guys have played. Every time we play North Dakota, it's an emotional series. Certainly Brad Berry was upset uh, after the Saturday game up there a few weeks ago. He felt like uh, our players had kind of run some of their players. Uh, They had a couple of injuries on Saturday night that Brad Berry was not happy about. So certainly they've got a lot of motivation. And the thing too, is that they're still fighting for the uh, Penrose Cup the cup that you get if you win the regular season title. So I don't think we're going to see a scenario where they're resting any starters. I know that Sam Spomer on Twitter brought up the idea, should UNO rest some of its starters? Because, you know, at this point, it really is that playoff run in the NCHC tournament that's going to be the most important thing for us. Do you think UNO should, you know, give Roden and Zab the start in net this weekend and uh, let some of the guys down on the roster who haven't gotten a lot of playing time, maybe put them in and rest some of our top players like Beast and Ward? Or do you think we just go full bore and keep the momentum going that we've had the last couple of weekends? I think you see what you get. You know, I think that you want to give yourself the best opportunity to have success. If North Dakota gets up by, you know, a few goals early on on Friday, I'd probably say even if they do the same on Saturday, like if, if it's just, if we're down by three in the game at that point in time, I'm, I'm probably reversing my lineup card. You know, typically you'll give, you know, you'll give the majority, you know, well over probably close to 60% of your playing minutes to the top two lines. And I'd probably give 60% of my playing time to my bottom two lines at that point in time. So that, my top two lines, you know, Ward and Weiss and, and Mueller and Berg and the guys we talked about there and, um, you know, get Primo healthy. If, if anyone has a, a nagging little injury, they'd be a healthy scratch on Saturday kind of thing. Um, just so that you don't aggravate anything and you give them a little bit more of a rest. But I know this comes up a lot when we talk about NHL clubs going into the playoffs. And there's teams where they're just, they have nothing to play for. You know, my, I'm, I'm in the playoffs. We're set. We can't drop. We can't, you know, we can't go up. You know, we know, we don't know who we're playing, but we know that we're playing at home type of situation. So there's just not much to play for. Why risk an injury? And they'll sit some key players and stuff. And not every time, but more often than not, what I see with that is guys come in a little rusty. Their timing's a little off. Their hands are a little slow. Um, their their checkdowns, their thought process, their recoveries, 
um, their decision making in general is a little slow and a little off. And, you know, coach knows his job is, I believe that he knows his team pretty well. Regardless of your belief of him and his coach, his job is to know his team. And his job is to say, this is what's best. This is what gives my guys the best chance at success. This is the role that they should play. This is the position they should be in. This is a system that maximizes the potential, right? Because at this point in time, you're not teaching them anything. And so if coach says, hey, you know, it's, it's best if Ward just takes the night off, you know, if Weiss just has a weekend to, you know, get healthy, then fine. And I'm not saying that we know anything about those players that they're injured or anything, or that they're, they're playing through anything like that. I don't know that. And I, I want to make sure that that's clear in the podcast, right? Like that it's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if he feels like that's the, the best situation for any player on the team, then that's the situation we should go in. You know, Seville didn't play Saturday. We went and we split them. I fully expect that even if both of them are healthy, we'll split goals just to give a little bit of rest to Seville because you have to expect just, although I'd say it's hard to not start Roden in the, in the tournament because he's played really, really well his last few outings. Um, you, you went into the season and you expect Seville to be your number one goaltender and, and you know, it's going to be kind of a ride or die situation I would expect with Seville. Yeah, I would expect so as well. And, uh, and it will be very interesting to see what they do. I want them to play spoiler so that uh, North Dakota can't pose with the Penrose Cup on our ice because uh, we've seen that happen before with teams. So uh, that's what I'm hoping happens. Uh, I want the guys to play spoiler to North Dakota. I'd like to see them get two wins. It would be really awesome to see them get, uh, get uh, five of their last six uh, wins at home. Uh, against three really good teams uh but yeah. jason may be a little bit more accurate with the uh with the split pick so jason until this weekend at north dakota now you guys are going to be there yes we'll be there you'll be there and i hope a lot of uno fans come out it'll be interesting to see how many north dakota fans come out this weekend but be sure to follow Mavpuck on twitter for uh game updates during the series uh We'll see if they play uh, the John Denver song again this weekend and how that goes over with fans. But until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.